Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Interview with Mark Connachton from Class Kicks. As some of you regular listeners to this podcast might know, I'm a bit of a soccer fan and I support a football team that most Irish people don't support. That's Sheffield United, the Blades. And perhaps to celebrate their return to the Premier League, I thought I might do an interview uh, around the idea of soccer and education. And I was lucky to be joined by a man called Mark Connaughton, who is the founder and CEO of Class Kicks, um, a very interesting business that teaches children playing to how to kick a ball using colour-coded football boots. And um, we also chatted a little bit about what makes a good sports coach and uh, we also uh, delved into a little bit at his educational experience and finally what he would do if he were the Minister for Education. I hope you'll enjoy this interview and uh, I look forward to hearing your feedback. Um, you can subscribe to this podcast as you know on any of your favourite podcasting apps whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify or all the rest of them and if you've liked this episode in particular please leave a review as it helps others to find it. Um, I, as I said, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thanks very much for listening and on to the interview. Hello, hello. You are welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education. This is Simon Lewis speaking. Um, as you, uh, if you are someone like me, you may have grown up thinking you were going to become a professional footballer, uh, as as I think many of us uh, possibly did. Uh, back in my youth, I was a, a Liverpool fan up until the age of 11 when um, a very fateful night when Arsenal played Liverpool and Arsenal had to win 2-0 to win the league. And sure enough, that happened. And I'm sure I've told this story many times on the podcast. And the very next day, I became a Sheffield United fan uh, by going uh, going to the newspaper and finding a ra- hovering my finger over the newspaper and uh, it landing randomly there. And since 1989, May 27th, 1989, I've been a Sheffield United fan, a very happy Sheffield United fan because finally, again, we are back in the Premier League. But we're not here to talk about my footballing escapades and my failed football career. I never did become the next Bruce Grobelar. Uh, I am here to talk to Mark Connaughton, who is the CEO of Class Kicks, um, a really, really interesting uh, company, actually, which uh, has developed a special football boot uh, to help children uh, kick football properly. And I want to talk about to Mark uh, all about football and education and obviously about this uh, innovative uh, football boot and what he would do if he were the Minister for Education. So I'm delighted to meet you again, Mark. We've chatted before, but I was delighted uh, when you agreed to come on the podcast. You're very welcome. Thanks very much, Simon. Uh, delighted to be here and delighted to be able to spread the word of Klaus Kicks. Uh, that's fantastic. So I suppose without sounding like the first question of an interview, maybe you'll tell us a little bit about yourself. And I'd really love to hear about your experience of the education system and kind of how, how you uh, went through it uh, to where you are today. Yeah, so a little bit about myself. I've lived the absolute football life and I like that you're a Sheffield United fan and congratulations. Um, from a, from an early age, I started playing football with my dad. Uh, his name is Class, and 
we used to bring a football everywhere we went, um, Bray, all over, and we'd always bring a football, and we were able to create a great bond between myself and my dad through football. Um, as we as life went on, I literally, everything, I'm so boring. <laughs> everything I do involves around football. All my friends are football fans. Everything is around football. I started, I grew up in Dublin, and I went to school there. Um, a little bit about my uh, experience in um, Mulhuddert in Blanchardstown. Uh, we were a very small school. There's about 12 kids in my class going up. So I got loads of attention, which is absolutely fantastic. Our teacher as well he used to have a guitar and he used to play songs every day to help us learn through music. And that was something that I really enjoyed. But I grew up being quite a competitive kid. So when I'm bringing that into education, I remember our spelling tests and our maths, uh, we'd be really competitive and we'd be told to stand up and spell difficult words. And obviously I would want to get 20 out of 20 or 10 out of 10. So in my primary school, I had a fantastic experience, um, a nice close group with close friends and um, living in Dublin. Then at the age of 12, I moved down to Westmead, a bit of a culture shock for me. I was struggling to understand the accents at the start, but eventually <laughs> I, um, I, I got them. And um, yeah, secondary school was interesting. Um, I I learned a lot in that school. Um, I, I was always creating games and this was kind of my first entrepreneurial experience. I was always trying to create games in school, which... Uh, one game, I know my friend who might listen to the podcast, um, we used to create a game using coins and we'd try and roll them across the, the class and see if, or not the class, but the, the hall and see if they could reach the other side without hitting anybody's feet. Like a, a strange game, but a, a very enjoyable one. But I wouldn't recommend throwing away your money <laughs> at all. Uh, and then I suppose after secondary school, I um, I went on and did a PLC in Moat, which was sport. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I know I really like sport. So I did a sports course. Oh, actually, I did a science course before that mm-hmm. in AIT. Um, and then I went on to Sligo IT, where I represent my college team as the captain um, uh, for a few years and then got to represent the Irish uh, colleges squad in 2015, 2016. I suppose my whole way up um, through school and through football, I felt really confident because I had a talent. And I suppose in my town or wherever I lived, people would come up to me and one of the first things they would always ask is, how are you, Mark? How's football going? Uh, because they used to ask me that, it used to make me feel really good inside and confident. And that's kind of what we're trying to bring back into the kids when we're teaching our program. But I was I was thinking about what are the main things that I learned in college and in school growing up. And yeah. one thing was teamwork. And when you have to work in them team projects and working as a team, everybody has different strengths. So trying to optimize them strengths to get the best results in your exams. Discipline was one big thing, and especially in the last year uh, in college, I probably did just enough to pass every year. And then the last year was quite difficult. I did the add-on in business and sport in Sligo IT. And discipline was a big one. And that's when I started drinking coffee as well. Yeah. So library, spent a lot of hours in the library to try and get the best results possible. So discipline was one. 
experiences. So opening up your minds, different experiences and meeting new friends from different people and hearing the Donegal accent. And, <laughs> and then and then just being open minded to to different things as well. I think those those take were the four main things that I definitely learned in college. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. So we're going to talk education and uh, and football. And when I say football, I mean soccer for all you Kulshis. Uh, I'm only messing. Uh, but <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about that. And uh, what 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 I'd love to ask you before we get on to education, what's, you know, I, to- I, I talk about my biggest footballing memory. What was kind of your childhood footballing memory? I have two football memories and one of them, Again, which I spoke about was playing football with my dad everywhere we went, just creating a bond and just learning the basics. Now, my dad, he didn't know much about football, so I'm not sure if he was teaching me the correct way. Just remember, we bring a football everywhere and always seem to be sunny, uh, which is strange for Ireland. And then my second uh, memory was joining my first team. So I would say I started football about four, playing with my dad. And then when I was about six... I joined my first team and the only reason I joined the team is because one of my best friends across the road, he was going to football. So I decided to go with him. And I remember we were learning our turn called the drag back, which we now teach the kids. And I remember just dribbling up um, dribbling up with the ball, doing our drag back. And that's all I can remember. But I remember we had a great time and we that's when the obsession began. Oh, very good. And uh, tell me then, you know, outside of your own footballing, I mean, do you have a, a favourite moment from, I don't know, the, uh, I don't know if you follow the English League or the or the Irish League or anything like that. Is there, do, do you have a, a highlight or a low light, something that affected you as a, as a person, as a... So, I, I'm a Man United fan uh, for my sins. Uh, <laughs> um I loved David Beckham when I was younger. He was my idol, and I'm sure an idol for many people. Yeah. So, one big moment, and it wasn't even a Man United moment. It was uh, actually playing for England. I remember David Beckham scored a free kick for to qualify England. <laughs> Euros of the World Cup, and he scored the, like the best free kick. It's got to be one of my favourites goals ever <laughs> yeah oh, no, it's not for ireland but um <laughs> that moment and i think it he is brilliant i yeah. want to be him and i just remember that so much and i suppose going to my first ever man united game yeah. uh, with the with our school our school brought us to a man united game wow just fantastic so i remember when we got the boat over everybody was playing cards and we went to man united versus newcastle Okay. The big day out. Obviously, uh, there were some kids that went that didn't like football as much as I did. Uh, but mm. I was in my awe, oh, the stadium, the atmosphere. I'd recommend anybody to go to uh, any football game just yeah. for the are Absolutely brilliant. Isn't and it? also, it's got the win as well, which is sick. Oh, very good. And it, that was a time when Newcastle were kind of up there, was it? Was that the Kevin Keegan days or was that... Uh, a little bit after that. A little bit after okay. that. Yeah. They were on the demise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I think we won two 0 that day, and I know Wayne Rooney oh. was playing. And, and oh, okay, okay, definitely yeah. post post Kevin Keegan days. Then, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I actually I bring my son uh, every year to Bramall Lane for the last few years now, uh, and 
uh, just just to give well, it's a lot of it's for me because I want to go, but and also I want to indoctrinate him into being a Sheffield United fan. You know, there's 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 obviously motivation there, but actually, I I I, I haven't really had the had the opportunity to go to uh, soccer matches in that level. You know, the big stadium, and it really is. It's amazing. You just see the game from a totally different perspective. You know, even how the pitches look slightly smaller, really, in a way, and how little space they have, and all that kind of stuff. It's um, it's it's really interesting. I've, I it gives I I agree. I think it's it's something uh, everyone should do. We actually brought the kids to see an Irish match uh, here in the in the school, and um, you know it was I think it was against Gibraltar, so it wasn't like going to be you know we weren't uh, going to bring them home very sad, but it wasn't the greatest game we ever watched. But uh, even the atmosphere and bringing them to a stadium, it's 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 just a great experience. But anyway, we better we better talk a bit of education because g- g- given the g- the podcasts and uh, and all that. Um, uh, but before I do, you know, I, I mentioned at the very start in the introduction, uh, you know, mo- a lot of kids, and not every kid, obviously, but a, a, a lot of kids, like uh, you know, grew up saying they want to be a professional footballer and uh, all, all the rest. But you actually did play, um, you know, uh, soccer at a very, very high level. And, you know, sometimes it's interesting, you know, like someone like me who kind of, you know, wants to be a footballer, but didn't particularly, you know, I didn't do anything to deserve to be one. You know, what is it that gives the edge, do you think, to somebody who, you know, dreams of being a footballer but plays on yard at lunch times and then someone who actually does a bit more? What do they do? Because I think it's interesting, you know, not just for soccer, but for any job, that there's that thing that makes you go to that next level. What what was it for you? Yeah, I suppose throughout um, my early days, I played for Shelburne, Longford Town and obviously represented Ireland 2015 and 16. I would say I wasn't the most talented player, but I had the mindset that it takes to go the extra mile. So again, me and my coach for class kicks, we were talking about this yesterday and how important it is. Uh, You could be the best player in the world, but not have the correct mindset. But Mm -hmm. the first thing I would say from a young age was obsession. So everything that we did, schoolyard, after school, friends knocking on the door, out playing football, always playing, always practicing, always taking little touches of the ball and slowly getting better. The second part, and this is so important for for us and for the kids in school, having that positive experience from the start is so important. So, for example, if you have a good experience, you're more likely to continue. If your coach is nice to you and he's fun and he's energetic, you're going to continue. If you have a bad experience, you might be that kid that's crying when you say it's time to go to football, it's time to go to basketball, whatever sport it is. So important to have a good start. So I had a good start, which is really important. Then we used to do the thing called the mini leagues. So this is all about recognition. So my friend and or me and my friend used to go and play the mini leagues. We used to pretend we were brothers so we could be on the same team. <laughs> we used to win a lot of trophies and medals. So again, recognition. I've got this medal. I feel like the best ever because I'm after winning this medal. Look, it's gold. Like, you know, absolutely so important. And that gives you confidence then. So then aged 8, 9, 10, I had that confidence, obsession, great start. And again, practicing early with your parents. That was so important as well. But to get to that level, again, mindset, making a few sacrifices when you get a bit older, trying not to, there's going to be loads of distractions pointed your way, but 
what do you love? Are you going to um, be well behaved on a Saturday night so you can play your best when on Sunday? There's there's loads of different factors that that um, will will con- contribute to getting to a higher level, yeah. and they all need to be put together in the in the the best mix possible. Yeah, I think I, I that's it's really interesting hearing you say that because I listen to this. Um, uh, podcast I'm try- I can't think of the guy who trends he's, geez, he does Monday Night Football on Sky Sports he has his own podcast really famous Liverpool defender his name is just Jamie Carragher Jamie Carragher he does a, a, a really good podcast and uh, he interviews uh, footballers um, about their greatest game and uh, and uh, one that sticks out to me was one with Craig Bellamy um, and you know he 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 interviewed and he asked him that kind of question. And it's really interesting. You know, you've answered pretty much the same kind of thing, uh, uh, kind of kind of question, and about and especially about the distractions. And I think, uh, particularly, I mean, if um, you know, we're we're working with children who you know may come from different uh, different backgrounds, and and some are coming from fairly difficult backgrounds, and some of those distractions can be very very tempting. Um, and 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 unavoidable sometimes. Been when most of your you know your friends might be you know off doing things that you know they that 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 can be very very exciting. But you know, evidently, if you if you can say no no, I've got to make the sacrifice. And I think sacrifice is is is, is something that can be a missing ingredient. Um, you know, you might have the motivation, you might have the skill, you might even have the confidence. Um, but it's that sacrifice, isn't it? You touched on something really important, yeah, sacrifice, but also the friends that you're hanging out with mm. is so important. So I feel like I was always hanging out with people who had similar goals. We all wanted to be footballers. Yeah. And then we would all sacrifice together, you know, for the match. And we'd normally play on the same team. Yeah. And if you went and did something that wasn't sacrifice for the match, your friend, you'd be letting your friends down. Yeah. Do you know in a way as well? I think yeah. your friend group is so important. And even now, like they say, you're most like the, the five people you hang around with most. And I think that's so important. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh, that's that's really important. That's uh, Yeah, it's funny. Your fr- I think particularly as you get into your teens, your, your friends become basically the most important people in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so picking picking good ones is, you know, is, is, is good advice to any... I don't think any youngsters listen to this podcast. They do not have one. Anyway, it, 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 on the off chance that someone young listens to this, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, we, we'll give that as good advice. So tell me, I, mean, I suppose let's get into a bit of education through, through the idea of coaching, because I think, um, you know, the word teacher is, uh, is not monopolized by people like me who, uh, who, are, who are, you know, officially are called teachers for our jobs. Anyone who's a coach um, or anyone who works with people to to get to to give lessons in any way could be said to be a, a teacher of sorts. So, I mean, what kind of you know skills would a good coach do you think have? Um, you know that we as teachers listening uh, to the podcast might learn from. Yeah, I think there's loads of different qualities that you see. So, I've been coaching for the last twelve years, and to be to be honest, most of the stuff that I've picked up as a coach. I've copied from some other coach that I looked up to. And literally, that's what, that's how I've developed as a coach. I remember the first day uh, my my manager gave me an opportunity to coach down at the local club. And I was very silent and I was very quiet. And I was just watching and observing what are the other coaches doing. 
kind of if, like if you were dancing in a junior nightclub for the first time and you didn't know how to dance, I'll just copy somebody else. <laughs> so a, a few things that I picked up that are really important is coaching all different age groups. So if you're coaching a four, five, six or seven year old, you have to be a completely different character than you would coaching a 12, 13, 14, 15 year old. Yeah. So kids feed off your energy. So especially for the young kids, if you're arriving as a coach and you're very monotone and not excited, the kids aren't going to be excited. If you're full of energy, full of life, today we're going to go on this adventure. We're going on an adventure. We're going on football. If you can do bring that in with the kids of the younger age, they'll feed off that. Obviously, then you have to become a different coach when you're coaching older kids that actually want to go on and play at the highest level. So having the, um, the ability to coach both sides is so important and yeah. knowing your your age group and what they find cool and what's not cool anymore. Yeah, that's really important. Um, another thing is reward over punishment. So a lot of times you'll have coaches and they'll be like, if you do this, you'll have to do 10 jumping jacks or you'll have to run 50 laps. Uh, I don't work like that because I think if you give somebody something to work towards, they're more likely to listen and pay attention. So one thing we do at our Classics Academy for the primary skills is we give out points. So we give out magic points that the kids love and we'll we'll try and add up all the points and and encourage the kids to do good things which will equal to points mm-hmm. so we we might say oh you don't want to lose your points and then they're listening straight away and they're like oh you want to keep these points it's so important so having something to reward them with is so important rather than punishment one key thing as well is projecting your voice mm-hmm. i think this is really important um especially if you're dealing with a large group um, of kids that are younger, if you can project your voice and get everybody to listen to you, you'll have them under your control straight away. I think that one goes is underestimated at times. Mm. And then preparation is key. Fail to prepare, prepare to fail. It's kind of negative, but uh, it was one that I always used to think, okay, if I don't prepare for my matches, so I try to prepare my sessions in the same way. I think if you plan your sessions, get there early, have everything set up, then you're not rushing around and you have a chance to prepare. And then the last one was just energy again, feeding off energy. I think that's one of the most important, um, one of the most important uh, attributes as a coach that you can have. I think um, a lot of volunteer coaches in Ireland as well sometimes run out of drills and games to play. So we're open. We're gonna over the next while. We're gonna actually add volunteer coaches sessions onto our website so that uh, people never run out of ideas as well yeah um i think um yeah it's very good to have a, a few tricks up your sleeve as a as a as a teacher or a coach just in case because sometimes uh you know with the, even as best you plan sometimes there might be a minute or two at the end that you're like oh i have to fill in some time but all those attributes are very interesting because they're very very similar to teach you know they're to what we do in primary schools um and you know be, i was particularly struck by your, your first thing because you know if you're teaching a group of junior infants in in a primary school that you, you you have to be almost like a cartoon version of yourself sometimes uh but if you went into a sixth class like that she's like running out of the room um and 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 rightly so so uh yeah yeah and uh yeah really great answer 
So I suppose tell us um tell us a little bit about uh, class kicks. Uh, what 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 is class kicks? So class kicks is a color coded football boot that we have to teach kids the basics of kicking through colors. So I would now say to a kid, pass with green, shoot with blue, don't kick with your toe with red. So we have all different colors on the different sections. There's actually eight different parts of the foot you can use in football. And for me to say to a kid, can you use the top of the inside or the top of the outside? It's very, very confusing. So we've created this boot just to simplify the learning process. Then the Class Kicks Academy is a six-week primary school program where it's for junior infants to second class using the football boots, and we also do third to sixth class. So each kid will get a pair of Class Kicks football boots and we'll do six weeks of coaching in primary schools around Ireland. So it's very inclusive. Everybody's learning the same way. I would say our program is for kids that don't usually join in as well. That's really important. You might have the best footballer or a kid that has the chance or potential to be great, Mm -hmm. but is a bit timid or shy or afraid. So our whole program is about inclusion. Everybody's learning the same way. It doesn't matter if you have the best football boots or no football boots at all. Everybody has the same football boots in the program. And I suppose for junior infants and senior infants, we have a different curriculum than first and second. So junior infants and senior infants, every week they're going on a new adventure, like I mentioned earlier on. So today we're going to the zoo. Today we're going to be superheroes. Today we're going to be pirates and we're teaching the kids in a very fun way through colours. And our main mission is to help kids love football or love sport. So after six weeks, we hope that a kid's had a great time and then they go and maybe join a football team or get involved in sport. And just remember, I always remember my Samba soccer days from Harry. Yeah. And the coaches will be doing the magic throw where they do a flip and they throw the ball really far. And that's like a memory from for us. So we're trying to create that memory for kids, mm-hmm. the younger age. Then for first and second class, it's a bit more advanced, but we're still learning football through very fun games. And everybody's learning the same way. And we've done programs in Dublin, Mead, Westmead, Carlow, all over Leinster. And we're doing active days in schools in June as well. Brilliant. That sounds uh, that sounds absolutely fantastic. And uh, for those of you who are interested, uh, we'll be uh, adding the the links to uh, class kicks uh, in the show notes. So um, because I, I think the spelling is a little bit uh, it isn't how it sounds. Uh, and I think that did you mention the the, the class uh, with two A's? Is that because your dad was called class? Is that what did you? Yeah, think? named after my dad. He's the first person I played football with. And when the six week program is over, they get to keep the boots. And then can have your mom or your dad in the garden playing football, teaching you the basics. And we also have training videos on our website that even if you know nothing about football, you'll be able to use the training videos and teach your kid the basics, which they should know from the six week program anyway. Brilliant. That sounds great. I noticed on your profile, you actually, you tend to, maybe it's just coincidental, but you tend to work with a lot of DASH schools. Um, and, and for those of you listening, you don't know what DASH is. It's just the 
Um, it's an initiative, though, that that uh, for uh, that basically identifies schools where there's a higher proportion of children from disadvantaged uh, backgrounds, so perhaps poverty or um, you know a higher risk of early school leaving and things like that. Is there any is is there any reason uh, that you're drawn to Dash schools, or is it merely a coincidence you're involved there? Well, during my research, um, I, I discovered Desh Schools. I wasn't aware of this actually before I started Class Kicks. And what really um, caught my eye was delivering equal of opportunity in schools. And I, again, I never want anyone to miss out because of their location or the, again, as you said, poverty. So we're really targeting them Desh schools because we want to give them the best chance. For example, we had a school in Offaly recently that had never done football in their school before. So we were able to bring a football program to their school for the first time and introduce those kids to football. And I'm, I'm almost sure they had a fantastic time. Great, great. But again... There's, I think there's 1,010 desh schools in Ireland um, and there are over 3,000 uh, primary schools in Ireland. So again, if only the other 2,000 schools get access to football, we could be missing out on the next confident kid that could be a potential footballer. But again, that's not the aim for us. It's all about confidence and early start making friends like that's a key thing if you're confident and you perceive yourself to be good at a sport you're more likely to be confident make more friends and just helping kids love to learn sport exactly and i mean i think i mean i know it's not the intention of it but isn't you know i worked in a in a dash band one school so that would be the highest level of disadvantage and uh one of their past pupils uh ended up uh, playing for ireland richard uh, richie dunn and um, I, I know whenever they had an event or they were having a, they were talking about things, you know, they, they held people like Richard, here's someone you can, you know, you can aspire to being that. Or, yeah, uh, what you're doing. Yeah, kind of be like, do what he did. You know, he came from your, he's, he's from your estate, like, and he, you know, he, he was able to make, these are the things he did to do that, you know, that kind of thing. So I know it's not the intention of it, but, um, do you know, where football can bring you, um, do you know, and, uh, it, it, it's it's amazing, you know, and I I think, um, you know, having that kind of aspiration or or having that hero or having that role model that was that went to your school, um, you know, uh, is is something that's uh, you know, it, 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 it's a happy accident when it happens because most schools don't produce international soccer players, but when they do, you know, that should be something that's celebrated because it's you know it it it, it you know it's it's a huge thing or whatever sport or whatever you know area might be whether that's do you become a singer or you become a whatever um you know great to have these uh role models so um really yeah really i agree 100 percent. having somebody to look up to and then obviously the big thing that's on this summer is the women's world cup we yeah. had grown and katie mccabe was only watching a video of her before we came on and she's signing autographs she's taking the time that you should do when you're a, a famous person and yeah She's taking the time to sign autographs and that could make a child's day or week or year. And again, I can't wait to watch the World Cup and I'm sure this is going to help young girls have somebody to look up to. And if Katie can do it, 
we can do it. Actually, all the famous people are um, called Katie, Katie Taylor as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it must be something in the name. Yeah, my mother in law. to be a famous sports person, just call them call Katie. Them that's it. This is it. My mother in law was is Kathleen, which kind of counts as well. So I, I, she, she's a superhero too. But uh, I, I, um, I, that's it. That's really interesting. Yeah, and it's funny. I suppose. I think uh, a couple of years ago, I mean, with England winning the, again, your, your, your David Beckham moment, despite it being an English moment, I mean, I mean, I think the importance of seeing, you know, women in on that platform. And I, I remember, you know, deliberately making sure my son watched uh, the Women's Euro Championships there when England won and showing him, look, this, this is a massive moment. And, uh, you know, while, while you're, uh, while you, you will not be playing for a women's football team, you, you know, it's look at the gravity of the situation your friends are seeing this and how important it is so I think having our own uh, country representing uh, not just uh, soccer on an international stage but women playing soccer on an international stage is massive and I mean I think that ties in a little bit and I, I wasn't going to deal with it really in the in this interview but seeing as you brought it up do you know girls and football and girls and sport in general there's this kind of um, point uh, this cliff edge you know kind of moment where we lose girls a lot around the age of 12, 13. And, you know, is that something you're conscious of or something that you, you know, you, you kind of have any thoughts on? Yeah, it's um, especially around 12, 13, 14. Um, again, it comes down to distractions, I think. And what are your friends doing? And yeah. I think that's a, a big factor to it. But now with... Um, the women's game's been on TV and being able to have access to it. I'm hoping that that drop-off rate will slowly decrease. Again, it's so good that Ireland have qualified for the World Cup. So we actually, instead of... If it, if it, we didn't qualify, maybe we might not get as many viewers. But because we have that team and, as you said, people... Uh, the girls that might live in your town as well. Oh, and, you know, it's going to be great. But yeah, that is so important. I'm not too sure how we bring down the drop-off rate. But again, the World Cup can only be a good thing. Yeah, I think so. I think I think role models are the thing. I mean, before, you know, Euro 88, uh, you're too young to remember Euro 88, but I, I, I'm not. You know, I, I, I think that transformed soccer in general in Ireland. You know, it, it was, I mean, it was always played. You know, we all, always followed the English teams and all the rest of it. But I think in, to, a, to a lesser point, it really brought, football into the mainstream in Ireland away from not away from GAA but it, it forced the pressure of it, you didn't have to be either or you know you could you could do both and I think it may have been the precursor to it kind of getting rid of that mad rule where you couldn't you know you couldn't play soccer if you played GAA and things like that because the energy became so high that you know you couldn't you couldn't be in a situation where you, you could prevent people from playing soccer. It was just too much. The the that that and I don't know if Euro eighty eight was a thing. I was very I was very young at the time. Uh, but um I, I can't imagine it. it and certainly Italian ninety anyway, that was the end of it for uh for any kind of idea that soccer was a foreign game. You know, it was our game too. So I think hopefully um the women's team playing um on the world stage, uh very much how the English uh, women's team did that for England. I mean I'm, uh, I mean Another memory, I and so it was the fact that when, uh, that Wembley was sold out for that final, uh, eighty thousand people watching women playing football. That's that that was that that was it really. It the you know there was no more questions. Uh, I think it's really 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 important. But I, I suppose we we're uh, I I I always ask 
my uh, guests on the show, uh, if they were to get the job as the Minister for Education, what would be one thing they would do? Now, you can pick one or two things and you, you can be as controversial as you want. It doesn't have to be about soccer, but it can be. But if you were given the dictatorship for one day and you made a rule uh, that we would all have to do, what would you do if you were the Minister for Education? Uh, you might have guessed that I might have said this, but um, if I was the Minister of Education, I'd make sure that everybody had to do the Class Kicks Academy program. <laughs> Fair enough, but that's... <laughs> I just think this is the new way that you learn how to play football, and I think it's so important. And I see the benefits and the difference it makes with the kids when they're dribbling with blue and yellow. One big thing is that they struggle to identify and remember the parts of the foot that the coach wants them to use. And I just think I'm so passionate about this. You can probably tell me when I'm speaking about it, but I just think that's probably what I would do. Right, um, yes. That's probably the least controversial answer, I would say. It is probably the least controversial answer that I've uh, that I've ever heard in this podcast, but certainly the most commercial answer I've ever heard in podcast. <laughs> which is fair enough, you know. You know, you know, I, 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 that, that, that is a fair enough answer. I, I, I think what one thing we might do actually as well when we, when we, um, when we pop it in the show notes, it'd be good um, if if you had a link to the actual boot because I've seen it a couple on a, on a couple of occasions, and it's just it's for me. I love I love any idea that's. You know, relatively simple, but has such a huge impact, and 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 I think, in fairness, it really does. And uh, and congratulations on coming up with the idea. If people are looking to find you and uh, and learn more about Class Kicks, uh, what's the best place uh, to start their journey finding you? Yeah, they can get us on Instagram and Facebook, Class Kicks K L A S K I C K Z. Uh, you can get me on LinkedIn. My name is Mark Connachton, and then we have a website, ClassKicks.com where you can see all of our stockists um, for class kicks. I'm one in Carlo in your town as well, JF. Brilliant. Ah, brilliant. That's that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, I well, as as people probably know, I'm uh, living in Carlo. I'm in exile from Dublin, but uh, have uh, living in Carlo the last twenty years. I, don't know if I was supposed to tell your location there, Simon. So. Oh, that's that's abs- uh, Yeah, I'm very easy to find and track down. Uh, but um, yeah, J- it's JD's. Is it JD? Here, JF. Oh, JF Sports. Oh, brilliant. Jason Farrell is uh, is a man there. I'll give him a bit of a shout out. As, uh, give, give, given that we're uh, uh, do, doing that, uh, a really good sports shop, an independent sports shop in Carlo and, uh, and a good guy to know as well. Fantastic. Listen, Mark, it's been an absolutely brilliant talking to you again. And uh, I'm so glad you came onto the podcast. It's been a great conversation and uh, the very very best of looks uh, look with class kicks um, and um, we would certainly hope that people listening to this uh, will look into what you're doing and um, and uh, we'll all be wearing these colourful football boots and learning how to kick a ball properly that, that's where I missed out my professional career and why I had to become a lowly principal of a primary school instead of a millionaire Premier League footballer for Sheffield United preferably listen Mark thanks so much for joining me Thanks for having me, Simon. And best of luck to Sheffield United next year. We are Premier League, absolutely. (laughs) Thanks a million. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with myself and Mark. Um, I really enjoyed chatting to him. He's a great great man and love uh, what he's doing. Um, I'm delighted I was able to do a podcast uh, with a theme of soccer. I'm a big fan of my uh, beloved Sheffield United and a uh, nice time to do it when they're just promoted to the Premier League. So listen, thanks so much for uh, listening to the podcast this week. Uh, we'll be back again in a fortnight with another episode. Thanks so much. All the best. Bye-bye.